Welcome to the Red Bank Rum Runner. I'm your host, Anthony Jude Sotaro. You see, the rich, they came down from New York and all over, all over the world, to the Jersey Shore and over to the Highlands, then down Sandy Hook to Highland Beach. It was a magical pleasure paradise, a real sight to be seen. The Sandy Hook is just kind of juts out around the highlands, like a giant pointer finger on the hand of some enormous sand creature as it pokes its finger up out of the water beckoning you to come closer. Sandy Hook was known as the queen of the watering places. Her massive sand dunes and her jutting finger of a peninsula pointing down into the sea. It blocked off all the winds and kept the area nice and serene for those looking to enjoy themselves. It just made it that much easier to relax out there on the water. It truly was a beautiful place, and the rich always came here to relax and unwind after a hard week in New York City. Sandy Hook was directly opposite of Wall Street, so it kept those businessmen away from their jobs for an entire week at least. You see, when they first started coming to the East Coast, Island Beach was right there, all along the field, six miles of the most beautiful sandy beaches on both sides of the hook with the most perfect, magical, pleasure paradise in the middle of those beaches that the owners, the sandless had built. Roller coaster right there in the middle of Highland Beach in between the ocean and the bay. You started out the ride, climbing up the roller coaster with your back almost parallel to the ground, with your eyes staring straight up into the sky like you were blasting off into space. And as you came up, and over the tippy top of the highest peak of that roller coaster, you could see Manhattan out there in the distance. Hmm? And it was so far, so far off in the distance, and yet somehow it felt uh, so close to you. And you could like if you stretched out your arms along and far enough, you could reach out 
and somehow you would be able to touch one of those skyscrapers they were building up there in New York City in the distance with one of your outstretched fingers. They had these two beautiful bathing swimming pavilions down at Highland Beach too. On both sides, the bay and the ocean side. Beaches everywhere. You were surrounded by water, like this stuck uh, miniature Florida, right there for the people of New York to come and indulge in the water and soak up the sun. Escape the summer heat of the city. The beaches out there in Highland Beach and the water and the docks and all that area all around it at Sandy Hook was just a spectacular and beautiful and absolutely perfect place to escape into some kind of Wonderful, fantastic dream world. The rich would come down here from New York City during the summertime. They called the season. Hmm? I remember when we were kids, my cousins and I, especially me, we would sneak into Highland Beach it was our secret place to explore the beach where all the rich people came during the season. You could walk around and explore all sorts of incredible places there. There was this one huge swimming pool that went almost the full length of the entire beach. And it had these huge granite railings on the steps leading up to it. It was like a hot spring or something. I thought we were going to get in trouble with security or something. But they never came after us. So I don't know. Anyway, you could go down to the beach. And there was this huge wooden dock that stretched all the way back to one of those big stone pavilions where they would have all these amazing concerts with just strings of light bulbs hanging across the front of it. And you could sit there all day long with your friends and listen to the string music echoing across the water, just laying there on your backs, watching the blue sky above and the palm trees they brought in, swaying back and forth in the breeze. And I remember one of those times laying on my back by myself after everyone had gone home. The stars so bright, you could almost touch them. 
I was so overwhelmed with all these small things, little memories from when you were a kid. Just uh, being there in this incredible, magical place. I could feel the music still floating out through the air from those concerts on the top of that swimming pool. The sound of my cousins laughing and playing. And so, they wanted to build a large pier out there at Highland Beach so they could bring more people right? On the steam ferry boats. They wanted to build that ferry steamboat and also a railroad line coming over from Highlands to Highland Beach, right across the bay from directly underneath the Navisink lights. Hmm? Those two magnificent lighthouses with those massive stone wall connecting them, sitting up there atop the hillside like a castle, floating high in the sky amongst the clouds. They aren't really identical lighthouses, you know. Hmm? They look more like uh, the queen and the king on the chessboard waltzing as they're looking down on their kingdom and the crowds of people frolicking all up and down Highland Beach. You see, everyone was coming down to escape. The sounds, the smells, and the heat of New York City. While the women and children would play at Highland Beach, the men would sneak off and indulge their wildest fantasies by heading down to Monmouth Park, the horse racetrack in Eatontown, just a few miles south of the Highlands and Highland Beach, just inland from Long Branch, close to the waterfront and the beach is down there. Once the horse racetrack opened, it was an instant success. It attracted very wealthy and powerful men. People started coming from all over the world to go to this magical pleasure paradise by the sea and this beautiful, magnificent horse racing oasis and coliseum. Men would dress up in their finest clothes, wearing fancy hats and coats with tails. Gorgeous women dressed up in all sorts of fun costumes, wearing these really uh, pretty little boater hats, you know, with the ribbons that hang down on either side. And they even started having fashion shows right there at Mammoth Park. You could come and you could watch these beautiful ladies from all walks of life parade themselves down the catwalk for you. 
and it was a big hit. But the horse racing was the biggest hit. People would fill and pack those grandstands. All those incredibly wealthy and powerful men, all standing up with their binoculars, watching every minute of the race as these amazing thoroughbred horses all galloped around that track. And they would cheer and yell and stomp their feet and blow their horns and just go crazy. They always had a band playing down there too, so everyone could dance and sing and have a good time. They even started holding boxing matches there after a while. Hmm? They had all sorts of different contests. But somehow, they just couldn't control their desires. And so the gambling started to spill over into the streets as men came to start betting on more than just horses. Hmm? Dice games, poker games, why just about everything began to have a number attached to it and a game was created for it. People started to create games of chance around everything. You'd place bets at your local barber shop, hmm? grocery store, market, saloon or shoe shine. They were planning big things for this Mammoth Park horse race track. A ferry boat and a rail line dropping people off right there at the front gates of the track. Hmm? To make it easier for the throngs of men looking to indulge in their dreams of striking it rich while they were vacationing at this magical pleasure paradise by the sea and this beautiful, magnificent horse racing oasis and coliseum down at the Jersey Shore. The more men would gamble, the more they would lose. And so, to the locals, the horse race track at Mammoth Park came to represent everything that was indecent, wrong, and impure with the world. Hmm? Things were changing so fast, and the transplanted New Yorkers, hmm, they were moving down here with their wild dreams of creating another world there on the Jersey Shore. Hmm? A place for them to indulge in whatever fantasy they could conjure up. And a lot of it wasn't very nice. The locals around these parts, they were all good people. They had a decent work ethic. They minded their own business and didn't bother anyone. They treated the horses, with respect, gave them decent food to eat 
and kept them all well-groomed. And they were no strangers to gambling. They dabbled in uh, cards now and then themselves. But allowing all this indecent behavior at the track, that was one thing. But allowing it to spill over into their community, hmm? directly behind the lighthouses in Highlands and over into Red Bank. That was another thing altogether. It was bad enough hmm? when they had to wait up all night for their husbands to come home from the bars up here in town. Hmm? But having them coming home all the hours of the morning, reeking of alcohol and smelling like a horse's ass after spending time down at the shore gambling their hard-earned money. Hmm? It really hurt them. The locals, they were none too happy about that. And they let everyone know it. They weren't just fighting for themselves. They were fighting for all the families, all the decent ones up here in town too. All of these newcomers with their big dreams. They didn't care much for tradition and they weren't too keen on acting like decent folk. The locals, they were aghast at the way these transplanted New Yorkers treated everyone down there in the short towns, all up and down this coast. The locals, they joined the movement against alcohol and gambling. Temperance movement, they called it. They saw alcohol as a gateway to gambling. And then they saw gambling as the ultimate gateway to giving in to your own personal desires of striking it rich that no man could truly resist the temptations of alcohol, lust, desire, and greed, and that those temptations would ultimately lead a man to keep chasing these demons down an endless winding road, ruining their lives in the process. They weren't entirely wrong. Hmm? There were throngs of men now suddenly living out on the streets since the horse racing season had closed at Mammoth Park still wearing their summer suits in the wintertime, hoping for a mild winter at the Jersey Shore that year. These men had been beaten down by the demons of alcohol, greed, and desire. And to the locals, they got what they deserved and saw the members of the temperance movement waged a war against anyone who was drinking 
and gambling. The horse race track at Mammoth Park, it became a symbol hmm, for the men who were broke and living on the streets. And the indecency and the madness that the consumption of alcohol and gambling will lead you and your life to spiral out of control. Proof that the consumption of alcohol will lead to gambling and that you were then surely on your path down a deep, dark road to destroying your life. The locals, they were preaching that this decadent behavior was the bane of the lives of everyone here in these towns. They saw themselves as pure and innocent people, fending off the impurity that was emanating from places like Mammoth Park, giving them a new way to get drunk, gamble, or even get laid for the first time. They were looking at building that pier with a steamboat to bring people directly down from Sandy Hook to Mammoth Park, hmm? right up the Shrewsbury River and through Gooseneck Draw, and then South Parker's Creek hmm? to the rear gates of the Braxton at Mammoth Park. Wow. Then the temperance it really gained momentum. And the powers that be put their foot down, squashed the whole thing, passed the new gambling laws for the county, hmm? and shut down this beautiful oasis, the horse race coliseum by the sea. No more gambling, no more drinking. That's right. They walked in one day, in the middle of the racing season, right before one of the biggest race weekends, right before Labor Day in 1889. They came in and shot the whole place down, just like that, shudder it, charged the president of the track, A.J. Cassatt, with keeping a disorderly house that allowed gambling and betting on horses. And so, just like that, this magical Mammoth Park was closed. Mammoth Park racetrack, it lost two whole racing seasons in a row by 1891. The new hotel they had been erecting near the park, fell down one night in a rainstorm. It was left sitting out there incomplete, exposed to the elements and the heavy rains and the waters. Hmm? Gave the foundations quite a beating, caused the whole thing to fall over took out the east end of the grandstand as well. And so this beautiful, 
oasis by the sea, this horse race coliseum that had catapulted the Jersey Shore onto the world stage, it was already starting to crumble hmm? due to it being left unused and unmaintained without ever reaching its full potential. The temperance movement was victorious. The evil Mammoth Park was shut down. You see, the prohibition movement was a fancy and pretty word they invented later, but the groundwork for the real movement that started the social and moral war that came during prohibition started here, years earlier with this temperance movement. And so, the followers of the temperance movement, they believed that alcohol and drinking were the gateways that led people down the path of evil, that they corrupted the mind, body, and soul, and that even in moderation, man simply could not control his urges and temptations. In their minds, it had been proven time and time again by the men now living on the streets, penniless and drunk. They saw evil and said that drinking led to gambling. And we all know how those stories end, right? With your life in complete ruin. They felt that they were already enough evils to fight in the world. Why create more? They saw this moral decay coming down the river from places like New York City. All of these people flooding into Asbury Park, Long Branch. And so, their only solution was to completely abstain from drinking and from gambling. And these men that were members of the temperance movement, they used their positions in power locally and enacted local laws, ordinances, regulations to try and prohibit gambling and the sale and consumption of alcohol. Made you feel like you were doing something dirty, indecent even if you did want to partake in any sort of alcoholic beverage or gambling. They looked down on everyone who gave in to these vices. Sinners. Hmm? They were the righteous. And the rest of us, well, we were beneath them. In fact, they even uh, didn't want us around them. 
in their presence, or to even acknowledge our very existence, driving us further into the abyss of darkness. And so, James Atkins was known in the town of Redbeck for owning several properties, most notably the Union Hotel down there at the corner of Wharf Avenue and Front Street, down by the Shrewsbury hmm? in Redbeck. He operated a hotel and saloon down there by the wharf called the Union Hotel. And he was one of the people in town that the followers of this temperance movement would look at as a person who encouraged this sort of indecent behavior, drinking and gambling and whatnot. Hmm? And they resented him for it. They did everything in their power to shut him down and to get rid of this evil place. But James Atkins, he stood his ground and he refused to give in to any of the ridiculous demands that these people were putting forth. That he had many other people hmm, felt like he was infringing on their constitutional rights, their individual liberties. Even Reverend Belting down at the M.E. Church would look right at James Atkins during his Sunday evening sermons on temperance. Hmm? Whole congregation looking on as he'd stared down Mr. Atkins, looking him right in the eyes as he spoke, preaching about the whole town of Redbank, how it would benefit from the banishment of the saloons, and if there were no liquor, so that the hotels as well and that there would be evil consequences for those in the congregation who didn't oblige. That if they continued to frequent those kinds of establishments, their lives would be ruined. No good could come from it. And so, as a result of Reverend Belting's sermons and the temperance movement surrounding James Atkins and the Union Hotel, people were petrified to go into that establishment. And at first, yes, he felt it. Of course he did. But after a while, after seeing so many of his friends turn their backs on him and go into the temperance meetings that were held downtown at the assembly rooms on Broad Street and then head across to that saloon afterwards for some drinks 
or to play cards all night long. Hmm? James Atkins had enough. He decided right then and there that he wasn't going to let the opinion of one man, Reverend Belting, or even several people for that matter, determine the fate of his hotel and saloon. He was going to do what he felt was best for him and for all those who enjoyed being around him, drinking, gambling, having a good time. Now, of course, the congregation was filled with both the righteous members of the temperance movement, but also with some of the people hmm, that were in Mr. Atkins' saloons the night before. And well, of course, James Atkins, being the most discreet type, well, he never said a word. Just sat there staring back at the Reverend Belting, as he chastised him. In fact, Mr. Atkins would always leave that church right after the sermon was over, not before he had finished. He never stayed for a prayer or any sort of fellowship following those weekly sermons. And soon everyone they had enough in town. They knew why he did it. They also knew what kind of a man James Adkins was and how he felt about his saloons and hotels down there by the river. No man of God was going to change that. And he didn't like it, Reverend Belting because of how he... The Reverend treated him in front of the whole congregation during Sunday evening sermons. And Mr. Atkins loathed even more what this temperance movement stood for. Being looked down upon by the Reverend Belting or the other members of this temperance movement now, you see, James Atkins, he didn't just own the Union Hotel there. He also owned all the property down near the gas house in Red Bank by Cooper's Bridge. When he first bought the land down there, he bought it as an investment with the intention that he could develop that area. Hmm? down by the river, prime real estate. It was a beautiful spot right down there by the water. The land sloped up pretty steep there, so it was protected from the floods. But the town, they had other ideas, decided to put the town gas house over that way next to Atkins' property. Hmm? The property he purchased over there by Cooper's Bridge make the place a little less uh, 
desirable for him. Stop him from putting another one of his saloons out that way. The gas house was a place where they would manufacture and produce the gas that would illuminate the lights in houses. So they'd be manufacturing the gas to illuminate the houses right next to Mr. Atkins' property. All those combustible fumes, he stunk to high heavens. And then, to make matters worse, well, the town decided to put the town cesspool right down there next to James Atkins' property as well. Talk about really shitting on a man. Hmm? Now, you had fumes coming at you from every which way. That's when the worst of it started. Well, Mr. Atkins went to the town council with his complaints, and he got to nowhere with them. 